The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You're listening to Wrestling to the Max. Alert, alert, clear all channels. This is an exclusive. How you like that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max's TLC 2017 review, and we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you get all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And make sure you don't forget to go hit that subscribe button at Wrestling to the Max, wherever your podcast from. Plus, don't forget to go rate review. That also gives us a little bit of help. That lets people know what you think about us, and we want to things too appreciate everyone who's already done that don't forget also be, give a big shout out to guys over at 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com both are great supporters want to give them some big shout out and love i am gary vaughn and along with me tonight is mr paul leaser hey and mr sean garmer what's up everybody and guys we're are about to jump into this TLC. A lot's going on here, and you know, I, I know there's been a lot of changes on this card. And it's kind of funny when we did our review, our preview, excuse me, uh, on a regular episode of Wrestling of the Max this past week. Uh, we had a lot of predictions. So those predictions, some were coming true, some were not even available because we, we had a lot of things kind of change ways and change plans based on some of the things. You know, we had Roman Reigns out and, of course, Bray Wyatt out. So those are a couple of guys we didn't have a, a part of the show. And, you know, apparently there's this strain of illness going through the roster. It's kind of funny because, you know, people were probably questioning this, you know, if they didn't even read the news on the internet. So that's what's going on. Apparently. I mean, uh, Paul, I mean, I, I've been reading a little bit here. I, I don't know what the rumors are true or what, but this is kind of crazy. This whole thing going on. Yeah. Uh, it's meningitis. And I, th- I came across this while I was looking at the news for the Thursday show and it didn't seem like that big a deal. Like they had already isolated, isolated it. You couldn't really tell. I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of interesting. But uh, I don't know if it's really going to matter. And then suddenly it matters. And that, then I kind of felt like a jackass for not putting it on the list. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> So that's my story. Uh, this was... Uh, I, I can't say that I was too broken up about it because it took the card from a one-match show to a two-match show, right? And on that end, I, I really appreciate that WWE sort of scrambled to give you something worth watching. But, uh, I mean, this is... If they don't get a handle on this, this can get out of hand pretty quickly because meningitis likes to spread very, very fast. And and I know they've tried already to sort of keep people off the the road if they've got it, but it's uh, it's kind of a serious situation. Yeah, you have to wonder if maybe Enzo mm-hmm. might might have it or something after 
after uh, what he's been going through. But yeah, just yeah, you got to give WWE credit, right? That, and and it sucks for AJ because he had to fly eighteen hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to go and and have a dream match like that on a just a TLC, you know, that could have been a Royal Rumble match or a WrestleMania match or or whatever. They just gave it to you on TLC, and then to include Kurt Angle and actually have it go through because the whole time I was sitting there going, "Oh, they'll just include Jason Jordan <laughs> at some point." You know, they'll they'll cut it off. And no, he, he was there in the match and, and everything, and it's just like, wow, that happened. And you really got the greatest hits and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think before you even talk about the show, you have to give WWE credit for making the changes and making the best of what they what they had. Yeah, for sure. and. And that's one thing we can definitely say. And I'm excited about talking about these matches. So let's go ahead and jump into the card so we can get to those matches later on in the show. First thing we're going to just talk about, probably the biggest throwaway thing, and you guys know what I'm going to talk about. That's Alicia Fox and Sasha Banks. Bank statement wins it. We kind of expected that. I mean, they gave a little length to this match. I don't really know if we really needed to, but they do the kind of normal antics with, you know, Alicia Fox getting out of the ring, throwing a tantrum, blah, blah, blah. I, I, this is just a pre-show match. I don't even know if you guys watched it. I watched it because, you know, well, at least one of us needed to, and I, I paid the price if you guys didn't. What, what did you do? Did you watch it, Sean? I thought it was, it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was anything, you know, we need to spend like 10 minutes talking about, but it was it was what it was. Uh, thought they, you know, the person who won won. Uh, the person who I thought was going to win won, and and uh, it seemed like you're just putting it on. At, at least credit to them for trying to make a story out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, they could have just had it be a nothing match. So there's that. Uh, yeah, I mean, for what this was, this honest to god might be Alicia Fox's best match on her entire career. And uh, that might be saying something. <laughs> oh boy! God. Wow. Yeah, I I don't normally pay attention to a lot of uh, Alicia Fox's work. I just I've never focused that much. So maybe you're probably right, Paul. Um, but I I I think the most of I've really ever appreciated her work is those Stone Cold impressions she's done in the past. Yes. I always thought those were a blast. Those those to me that was the best Alicia Fox you could ask for. Besides that, though. I'm really not that invested. Um, I, I think we could be, but at, just at this point, I'm super not invested. And hopefully, Sasha Banks can move on and actually be on the main card and do something. Um, but who knows? You, you, they're always throwing her around from top to bottom. So we'll have to see. Uh, but, you know, this show does not, you know, stop when it comes to the women's division. We actually start this entire show off with a big match and, and something that a lot of people have been looking forward to, and that is the introduction of Asuka to the main roster. And Emma is the one that is going to be the victim here. <laughs> but, you know, uh, saying that, it wasn't so much a victimization in this match of Emma. Uh, they actually had a pretty decent match here. I think that they gave Emma a lot more than I ever 
would have imagined they would. She got a lot more offense. This was a little bit more even keel. It almost seemed like Asuka was toying with her most of this match, and it started to ramp up, you know, and eventually we did get to the end here um, where Emma is forced to, you know, tap out here. Uh, But at the end of the day, though, I mean, once again, Paul, I'm surprised at how long this thing lasted. I'm surprised at the length and how much they gave Emma, too. Uh, and my question to you guys right now is, do you think that took away from making Asuka look as impressive as she was in NXT? Ooh, that's it's a good question. And I, I think that I kind of thought that same thing myself. Mm-hmm. I... I Okay, so I'm a little torn on that. I do think that, yes. I think if you've never watched NXT, which there's a lot of people out there that don't watch it, uh, that means that you just think that Asuka is this interesting person who is supposedly dominant but yet doesn't dominate right off the bat. So, yes, I do think it kind of hurts the character in a way. I don't know, though. I think that they're going to give us some other Oscar moments later on, but I think this was also partial for Emma to maybe not make her look so bad. But then again, Sean, maybe I'm totally wrong. I think the story was that Oscar coming from NXT, which is the lower level of WWE, and so therefore, because Emma is already on the main roster you can't be automatically better than anybody that's on the main roster. You have to work at it. You have to prove that you're better. And I think Asuka did win decisively in the end, right? It just took her a while to get there. And I think we have to remember, too, that, like, Emma was one of Asuka's first, like, big opponents in NXT, and they had a good match there. So, you know, if you want to go by that and – Oscar made her have to work for that too, uh, so uh, yeah, you could have had Oscar go and squash Emma in about a couple of minutes, and I think it would have been fine too, just because you know Emma has lost to people, but she did have to win a match to be in this match, right? So mm-hmm. uh, there's that as well. I, I think you know you can make a lot about a debut, and you know they did the same thing to. Shinsuke and you know he is what he is right now but I don't know that it's so much about the debut it's about who they paired him with afterwards and how they've kind of made him not feel but you can have this debut and still make her feel special afterwards too you know it just seems counterproductive to not have Asuka come in and immediately feel special right she's supposed to be this big thing they've hyped her up since the last raw pay-per-view and had her just sort of come in and have a fine match, right? I, I thought this was a really solid match, right? The work was good. I really enjoyed the opening few minutes, right? Because everything just looks so smooth and seamless. And I don't think you always get that uh, still in a women's division match on, on either brand. And that's just because they've separated out so many people. But uh, Asuka just did not come off like this big special thing that she was in NXT. She very much just felt like another person. And to me, that immediately sort of takes away what you're supposed to be connecting to people who have not seen her before, right? They they did, I think they did right in the entrance, right? They gave her the big thing where she came out carrying the white sheet again. That was fine. Like, it was all cool. And the crowd didn't really know, I think, how to react to her as she came down. But 
I don't think they really gave you a great incentive to try to cheer her on throughout the match either, other than Emma's uh, really good work as a heel, honestly. But like, you didn't. I don't feel like you got to see any of that explosiveness that that Oscar has throughout anything. She just very much felt like here's a person. She has this big history in NXT, but if you haven't seen that, that's fine. But here she is, and she's not really what we I think had panned her out to be as far as presentation on either the video packages or, you know, anything that just was supposed to make her feel special. It just came off very blah. Yeah, yeah. and the commentary was contradicted to each other, too. Mm-hmm. You had Michael Cole talking about how fun she is and all this other stuff, and then Corey was talking about how dominant she is, and Booker T was talking about the the whole, oh, she's coming from NXT thing, and it's like, get on one page, you guys. Yeah. One page. You've got three different things going on, and it doesn't. You don't know what you're supposed to be thinking about her if you don't know about her. And again, it's like they know this about the fact that a lot of people don't watch NXT mm-hmm. at all. We know this, and it's it's just the always disconnect between the two. And I wonder if part of that is also because Triple H isn't there. Right, he's in Chile, so you know he's not there to kind of let Vince know, hey, we might want to book her differently. Mm-hmm. And it's not to take away, I think, from anything that Emma got in this match. I love Emma. I really want her to succeed as well. I just, I don't think this was the time. Excuse me, I don't think this was the time to do that. What they what they accomplished in this match, and I. Th- Unless Asuka just comes into Raw and starts steamrolling random people that they're going to bring in, you know, from the indies to just sort of job to her for a while. I I don't think this was a great first impression, honestly. I worry about that, too, because you do that uh, with look, I feel Jax you. for that I'm not with you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I... They're with you guys. And looking at this... Yeah, Sean, you're exactly right. Nia Jax... Zen from NXT, very dominant. Maybe not as dominant as Oscar, but still very dominant. They still did not put her in the right position to make her super over-the-top, you know, dominant. And it looks like that could be the case early on. I mean, we're just talking about a debut match, but it does kind of make you a little concerned coming out of this match that we're going to get a little bit of the same treatment. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying, Sean, may be exactly true. Of They do look at NXT as the college compared to the pro. So guess what? All those great things that you did down there, they mean nothing. Like, you know, I get it. that That's true here in WB. But I, I still feel like if you're going to pump her up as much as you have, you have to at least showcase those great things about her. Let her do some of her greatest hits. And maybe not make it as short as we once thought, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a minute and a half. But, I mean, come on. You'd give her a little bit more pizzazz. I kind of felt like at times that they really did kind of make her look vulnerable. I, I didn't really appreciate that. I, I think the idea would have been better if they would have done kind of what I was kind of asking earlier. Was, was she toying with Emma? Was she just playing with her just to, to see what she could get? And at times I felt that, and at times I definitely didn't. At times I felt like definitely Emma was actually controlling part of this match, and <laughs> it, it concerns me. It does concern me, but am I going to have high hopes? Sure. I'm a huge Oscar fan. I, I hope, you know, when we get her on Raw tomorrow, she's knocking people out and just going through, and hopefully we get a lot of that, because I, I think that's what makes Oscar Oscar. You take yeah. that away from Oscar, 
She's just another competitor. And, well, that's that's why the women's division is not exactly the hottest thing on Monday Night Raw. Correct? I mean, so... It is what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I think the exciting thing is that we do have her a part of the WWE roster finally. And that's what's exciting. And, you know, people were introduced to a, a lot of what she can do. Maybe not everything that she can do, but a, a lot of what she has to offer. So there you go. Uh, well, you know, we move on from there. And we actually get a chance to see Elias Sampson. And that's interesting uh, because, you know, well... He doesn't really have a match on this show, but, you know, he is there. Uh, and he starts to do a song and uh, starts getting fruit thrown at him uh, and vegetables and things. And, uh, yes, uh, apparently Jason Jordan decided he did not like Elias' song and just started chunking stuff at him. Uh, this is the part of the show where I really wanted to send Paul a clip of Mrs. Doubtfire, a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided that, you know, that may be still a little silly. But yeah, I drew a fruiting. You should so. have. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of my favorite movies. I absolutely know it by heart. And I can picture that exact scene right now as we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made it so much better. <laughs> okay, so next time I'll do that. But yes, I thought that it was pretty hilarious. So, uh, you know, this does go on. Uh, through the night. We'll just go ahead and talk about it. They get Elias later in the show, and he does the same thing, and we get the same results. At third time, we get Elias out, and he finally says he was granted a match, and him and Jason Jordan have their match, and uh, you know, I think a solid back and forth for these guys. Both guys, it's kind of funny, because they're both in the same position, right? WWE really wants to showcase them. You can tell Vince loves Elias. He wants Elias to succeed, and they have some hopes for Jason Jordan that he can be something. I don't know if they exactly sold on the babyface train or the heel train or whatever they are, but they are sold on getting Jason Jordan to a good spot. And this match, you know, like I said, a solid back and forth. You do have Jason Jordan rolling up Elias Sampson for the one, two, three, uh, and almost some controversy because it looks like Elias did have a shoulder up before the three. So they probably will carry that on uh, into Monday Night Raw. But what did you think overall, Paul? I mean, were you happy with this? I mean, it, how did you feel? I I wasn't a fan of the the fruit th- throwing thing, honestly, because. One, as far I like Elias' singing segments, they're always really fun, uh, and the crowd just loves to boo him at those, and I think that's really great, especially for somebody who uh, we didn't have a lick of care for uh, during his NXT days, and suddenly he's kind of turned into a bit of a big deal, I think, over here on Raw, and Jordan is still struggling, I think at times might be even a little generous to say, but I just, by the time we got to the match, I didn't really care. Right, I mean, I wasn't really invested, and it's not. I thought the work was good. They they went really well back and forth, and there's a few goofs here or there. But I think for something that was probably thrown together pretty quickly, it was fine. It just, I I didn't really care for the fruit stuff, and the match didn't interest me like one iota. Yeah, you know, Jason Jordan's a dick. Apparently, that's that's all I needed. <laughs> that's all I learned about this. It's like. Hey, let me just interrupt your concert here by throwing vegetables and bananas at you because, you know, I can, I guess. I I want to get your attention so bad, Elias, that I just I found the first thing in catering and started throwing it at you. <laughs> I, I, 
I don't know, but it just look. I I love Elias segments too. I said it was a travesty on Twitter that we didn't get to hear him sing because you know Jason Jordan is uh, you know hitting him with stuff, and I think the crowd felt like that too. It's, I don't know how this helps Jason Jordan at all, but yeah, the match was again fine. It wasn't. Uh, it, you know, I, the storyline is obviously there with what you pointed out, Gary, but I just feel like, all right, it was a match. We put you in the dead spot because we needed a filler, and mm-hmm. hey, at least we'd done it. You know what? I'll give them, I'll give them credit. At least they, you know, did something with it during the pay-per-view, and it wasn't something they just threw out there or whatever, but it was one of the late, I don't know if you call it lazy, but just one of the most just okay, this is just random. Thank you. I I will say that this will all be okay if it's because they explained tomorrow on Raw that Jason Jordan was lashing out because Daddy came in and stole his thunder. <laughs> oh, man, I can just imagine that. And throwing a fit tantrum. <laughs> Dad, I can't believe him. Ugh. I can't believe you came in. Main evented the show when I've been working so hard. Ugh. <sighs> Or he just wanted Elias to be vegan, though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, can you just imagine? What what if on SmackDown you just have Daniel Bryan all just disappointed and crying? Like, he wasted all that fruit and vegetables. (laughs) Do you know how many plants had to die for that? I mean, that's just so terrible. Anyway. (laughs) I could have fed that to my kid, damn it. Yeah. going to force my child to eat this uh but anyway uh yeah i mean like i said before i i think you know we're, we're going to continue on with this whole thing with silas young and, and jason jordan and uh, i'm really curious you know how it will end up because they they have a lot of the same aspirations i think for both guys they, they want to build them up they want to have them going in the right direction and i i think this actually ended the way it needed to especially to kind of protect both guys um so I'm happy with it. I can't say that in love. I wish this was Silas Young, Gary. I really do. I keep saying Silas Young. You do. Oh it's my great. god! Uh, <laughs> I did this. This is so terrible. I did this on Raw every week, and I, I, I just I'm in, okay. So here's the thing, guys. I hope I am prophetic. I hope I am, <laughs> am saying these things that way. One day, Silas Young's music hits, and we get him on the TV uh, Monday Night Raw. That's mine. So there you go, Paul. You can give me all the credit once he ends up on Raw. If it happens, I surely will, buddy. God. <laughs> Why? Anyway, Elias. I am so sorry, Elias. I, in, in fact, when I say Elias' name, usually I say Elias Sampson. No longer there, Sampson. Gone. Just Elias. So, uh, Well, we're, we're going to leave that alone because I screwed up. Uh, we are going to talk about the next match, which is a Cruiserweight match. Uh, and it's a, a fun little tag we have here between Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick. And they take on Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. And this one, you know, I think was like watching 205 Live. I, I think it was a fine match. Um Nothing spectacular on my end. I mean, you guys may disagree, um, but I thought it was okay. Uh, but in the end here, I think the end sequence was actually very entertaining. You have the captain's hook applied by Kendrick to Cedric Alexander. Uh, Rich Swan breaks it up by giving him a Phoenix Splash, uh, which causes a lot of mayhem. But in the end, guess who ends up with a lumbar check? That's right. The guy himself, Ryan uh, Kendrick, and he doesn't fly as far in the air as a lot of guys recently. 
Um, but he, he still loses the match. So there you go. Baby faces win this one. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, it was. Uh, I I thought it was really fun. It was the best thing on the show. To, to at that point, it was uh, like you said. It felt like a match that I'd want to watch two hundred five live for. The those guys just went out there. They hit really hard. They went out there to the dives. Uh, they did all the fun stuff that you'd imagine them them doing. Uh, the Phoenix Splash was really cool to see. Uh, just kind of come out of nowhere like that and. Hey, they kind of surprised me because I thought that they would kind of carry this on and have Kendrick and Gallagher win by some, you know, nefarious means or something. So mm-hmm. I thought yeah. the uh, I thought the same thing too. But this this was really fun. Lots of energy, lots of dives. I th- I thought this was sort of what you want every week on Two Hundred Five Live. You don't always, I think, get this kind of action, and uh, they they really came out here and delivered something to get the fans on their feet, even though they weren't all that invested. I think by the end. Uh, a good portion of them were uh, at least happy to see Cedric and Rich Swan get that win. And they were color-coded, so make them a tag team right now. Do that. Yes. Yeah, you, got, you know, uh, you have everything that you need for, for the tag team all in in one go right, right, right there, there. Uh, as, far, as far as Vince would be concerned. Hey, plus, they did kind of tell the story because then the, the whole thing is that, you know, Kendrick and Gallagher think they're weak. Mm-hmm. So they were constantly hitting them hard to show that uh, we are definitely strong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. And, you know, we have talked about that before also, you know, for the fact that Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan work so well together. And I would love, love, love to see those guys in the hunt for the tag team titles, you know, and, you know, get away from just being cruiserweights and, and take those shots at, you know, actually becoming a, uh, title holders but something else besides the cruiserweight title itself you know um so i would love to see him i'd love to see him against the hardys i'd love to see him against you know anyone out there and of course cesaro and sheamus would be kind of fun too because there's the style difference you know (laughs) but uh, i still think it'd be a blast i don't think that they would disappoint us right and so let's give him a shot let's do that hashtag you know how they always do the hashtag give him a chance let's hashtag give cedric and swan a chance yeah Hashtag free cruiserweights. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, free. We should take signs. Uh, hey, Paul, that's your mission. When, when you're in Houston <laughs> for Survivor Series, hashtag free the cruiserweights. I want to see that sign. I'm going to be way up there for for uh, for Survivor Series. I spent the good money on NXT. <laughs> oh, okay. Smart. I, smart, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not going to deny that. You're definitely smarter, man. Uh, okay, so and then, like you, you guys made some great points. This tag match was fun. It really was. And I think the, where I'm coming from was I kind of feel like we see these matches sometimes. Not all your guys are right. Not all the time on 205. But I think sometimes there are those great moments where 205 Live gives you a main event worthy of your time and mm-hmm. tuning in for that hour. Uh, because, you know, you get a lot of generic stuff on there, too. So I just I, I have nothing wrong to say and bad to say about this match, but I, I felt like I was watching 205 Live. I didn't feel like I was watching a, you know, just right, Can we go ahead and talk about the bad part of 205 Live? Because Oh, yeah, we sure you know, can. Let's do it. Enzo and Kalisto <laughs> just, just went and gave us the what can be the bad part of 205 Live sometimes where you just have uh, – Dull match, 
mm-hmm. where one person is working hard and the other person is just well, well they're Enzo. But look, so. look. Here's the thing, though. You got to think about it too. You heard on the mic, Enzo is sick, right? So he he's talking like he, you know, is trying to pretend he's Eric Young. Yeah. You know, and, and he can't be Eric Young because Eric Young's amazing. Uh, but anyway, uh, in my opinion, because Canadians are cool. Uh, but anyway, my, my point about this is that you you got to know that Enzo talking is up to sick. some Canadians now. Hey, you know. Renee's amazing. So well, let's talk about the fact that we have an opportunity here for Enzo to kind of come into this match. We may not feel on the best. Who knows? Um, but would you have gotten a different thing if he was healthy and jumping around and singing music? No. I, I, I think it's kind of the same effort, even though he is still sick. So maybe we can throw that excuse in there for him, Sean. I, I don't think it's true. But, but in the end, though, you, you get a match where Kalisto tried very hard. Uh, he, he couldn't overcome that Enzo's not that great. Enzo does his normal cheat, does all that stuff. Enzo steals the title back, and here we go. This is everything we predicted, though. Did we predict anything else different? I, I don't think so, Sean. I think they gave you what kind of we expected. Well, it's just nobody cares about Kalisto, too. So it's like <laughs> absolutely death happening on screen with these guys wrestling. It's like no one cares. It's like they want to cheer Enzo, but they don't know whether they should cheer Enzo, so you just get nothing. And it's like, oh, I just feel bad for Kalisto, but I I don't know. Just, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, uh, Kalisto tried very hard to make this entertaining, and Enzo uh, was Enzo, basically. Uh, punching bag, all that stuff that you usually get from him in the match, and then he cheats to overcome and wins again, and we're basically back where we started uh, without the writers writing themselves into a corner now. So uh, I also want to mention that Enzo put me to sleep once again, which is why we got started later, and uh, for that (laughs) I blame Enzo for everything. Go away. Uh, you know, if there's any problems ever with Paul, you know, sleeping, he's got insomnia. He just has to look at Enzo and out. Done. I'm out. Yep. Better than Zizekwil. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I was going to say, you have your answer to not having to buy any of the medicine. Yeah. Just <laughs> watch it some Enzo. Uh, I think for Christmas, or for Christmas, we're definitely going to have to buy uh, some some uh, nice Enzo Mori faced pillowcases for Paul. <laughs> I don't know what it is, guys. I've never slept better in my life. Like... <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you don't need no, uh, you know, beauty rest or, uh, you know, the Tempur-Pedic mattress or anything like that. Just, you know, forget. Forget any any of that stuff you see on TV. Just you need Enzo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll have to get a, a hold of our. And good then friends. to wake him up, you just have Enzo cut a promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I, I have to get a hold, a hold of our really good friend Harry Broadhurst to find these pillowcases with superstars' faces on him. I know he has an Emma one, um, but you know 
He needs to get some new ones. They got holes in them. So uh, let's move on. <laughs> what are you trying? Oh my god! Wow. Uh, well, he, those things wear out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so wow, Gary. <laughs> you sure do, Gary. You're absolutely right. <laughs> some people are harder sleepers Holy than others, crap. right? So anyway, uh, moving on to the next thing. Uh, <laughs> I know he does shows on this network, right? We we need uh, him. So. Oh no, Harry Broadhurst is amazing. I, uh, that's why I joke with him because Harry can take it. Harry's an amazing guy. Um, you know, and, and if he needs me to, I will suck up to him, and Patrick can suck it. There you go. <laughs> See, that's why sucking up to Harry, right? So, but there you go. See, I got points by losing points. Maybe I cut even, right? Um, well, if you're gonna like cut Patrick, is you have to say something like even more vulgar because that's how they talk to oh, each other. You know? Golly, hey, here, here's the best thing. Well, everybody, if you're listening to us, that's awesome. Continue listening because we like to have fun too. But it, those guys love to have fun over there at Wrestling Unwrapped, and they did their own review show for TLC. So go check out theirs too. I wanted to throw that plug in there because I'm talking about them. Might as well plug their great show. So, uh, but you know, you, you guys are right. This whole thing with Enzo, it's a kind of a Blah. We're going to continue on with it, whatever. Um, so, there you go. Uh, you know, we have another match coming up here, and that is, of course, between Alexa Bliss and one of, you know, the, I don't want to say uh, Hall of Famers or greatest divas of all time, but one of the people that I think we could definitely say that has had a great career, Mickey James. And they played along with this whole old person thing and all of that. And, and it's so great to actually have her still be able to do this and be a part of the show. And so I, I really appreciate what they did here with Alexa Bliss and, uh, you know, Mickey James. They both did, uh, I think, a, a decent job of it. I think they put on a match that, you know, I think we could be happy with. May not have been, you know, the all star match that you you know, would love to see in a dream match. But I think it was good. I think they, they put on a fair one. And you do have Alexa Bliss winning here. I, I think Mickey James got, you know, a lot of in, uh, stuff in. And I think she gave the tease that she could win. And I appreciated that. They didn't make this where Alexa cheated and slid under the ring and then got up, quick roll up, one, two, three. No, she won clean. But Mickey James was made to look good here, Sean. Yeah, she certainly was. She just didn't have enough to win on the evening, uh, you know, but yeah, she gave it everything. Uh, they, they had a good match. Uh, I thought Alexa did her part. This was not a, you know, whatever Patrick would might want you to think. It's not a, uh, Mickey James carry job here. I thought, uh, she did a pretty damn good uh, job with the limb work. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure she worked that arm and, and having that go into the finish and everything else. So, uh, you know, hey, yeah, when you're in there with a veteran, you're obviously going to look better than when you're in there with, uh, you know, just say uh, someone that's at the same level as you. So, but yeah, I, I, I think she got to say that she sort of wrestled circles around there. Not, not all the time, but for parts of that match, she did. So mm-hmm. I guess mission accomplished. I think that's what I really liked about this match is that Mickey got to come out and obviously the whole crux of this thing is that uh, Alexis basically just been calling Mickey old news and sh- grandma and all this other stuff. And Mickey came out doing a lot of fast-paced stuff, uh, sort of rubbing it in Alexis' face. I really like that. There's a lot of great storytelling going on in this as far as that went, too. So uh, this was – I was equally entertained by this as I was as the Cruiserweight tag match before this. Uh, I think we all knew Alexa was winning, but this was a fun ride getting there for sure, and I uh, I would not mind – 
watching these two go at it again. Uh, for sure. And, you know, I love the fact that after the match, they did interview, you know, Mickey James and talk to her, you know, kind of see how she feels. And sure, she's disappointed, but I love the fact that she tells us all that she plans to continue on and have these big matches. And she, you know, is not disappointed in her effort, but there is a possibility and she fully expects to be the women's champion down the line. So if that's a sneak peek and what could happen, I'm completely happy with it because I think definitely a great piece of this roster is Mickey James. And I think, you know, these two kind of proved it tonight. I think that they, Definitely earned their stripes here, so I'm, I'm really happy with what we got, too. And, you know, Alexa Bliss being your champion still, uh, it is something we predicted and something that uh, I think makes a lot of sense, especially going into Survivor Series and, you know, all the bragging rights that she's going to have. She's beat almost everyone that's been put in front of her. The only one is Charlotte. So when we go into Survivor Series, that's going to be a big, you know, matchup with those two. So I think that's another reason why they kind of had Alexa get the win here. So. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, this is, you know, what's kind of fun too, is, uh, we, we talked about me sucking up to Canadians. I just want to throw a big shout out real quick. Uh, I sucked up to the wrong Canadian, uh, Renee, whatever, but you know, Hey, Chris Jericho is amazing, you know, because <laughs> I want a free cruise. So, uh, Hey Jericho, just let you know, I'll give you bigger shout outs if, if you get that free cruise. So, uh, but yes, I'm trying guys. Come on. I assume I you want to stay for- on his good side because somebody said Kenny Omega was better than him, and he's like freaking out on people on Twitter. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. But, uh, I can't say anything because uh, I don't agree with uh, Jericho's sentiments on that. So, <laughs> 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 um, well, uh, I'm you are on. not getting that cruise, Gary. Yeah, it's I not know. happening now, buddy. I'm sorry. I just I can't lie. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we need. Uh, uh, well, you just made at least he's honest, right? Here. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so okay, so moving on from from me trying to get a free cruise and failing, um, <laughs> we do need to talk about something different because trust me, I can go on and on. About we need that, that price is right, like you failed drop. <laughs> let's talk about something that did not fail on this and that is aj styles versus finn balor and and once again you know we were not excited about really what we were going to get with finn balor on this show Uh, we were looking forward to the demon versus sister abigail and well, with because of illness, now we get something way better. We get AJ Styles, and I think. Wait, hold on! You just said that you couldn't lie. You just lied right there. What AJ? Styles we were not looking of- forward. We were not looking forward at all to Sister Abigail and no, Finn Balor. No, we weren't. I'm saying we we're looking forward to AJ Styles. That's what we were hoping. You <laughs> yes. Know? So I mean, uh, no, we were not looking forward to that. No, that's what was my point. Is we were. Getting put in a situation to, blah, we all predicted terrible, you know, match here, and now we get something that we were like, oh wow, this is going to happen? Are you serious? And uh, these two guys put on a sometimes a high tempo match, and I think they really did a great job of really giving us some great things here, man. I mean, Paul, I, I couldn't ask for you know anything better if they were going to give me a, uh, an opponent for Finn Balor. I really enjoyed this too. Uh, lots of great energy. I think you really got a lot of uh, great stuff for something that was probably put together very hastily because they had about two days warning. And I don't. This is the actual first time they've ever wrestled each other. 
and what we got out of that was really great. Uh, and just thinking about these guys having a feud and being able to build to this in the future, like what kind of matches these guys going to be able to put on together should be just stellar. But uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there, too, who have been sort of hating on this, saying it, it didn't meet their expectations. Um, and people very quickly God. Like, uh guys, two days, two days notice to do this. And AJ flew a day's worth on a plane just to be here too. So, uh, unbelievable. I think what these guys were able to accomplish in 20 minutes that basically just flew by, uh, as they basically did all the hits and then they, we get a nice two sweet at the end to, to keep everybody super happy, except for, uh, Carl Anderson, who voiced his displeasure about not getting invited on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> poor Carl. Uh, I'd be mad too. I couldn't too sweet with my friends, right? I get you fired. But hey, at least uh, yeah, yeah. At least you're not the young bucks. You yeah. can't too sweet at all. So <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. But this was this was great. I think I also had to do the podcast in the middle of this too. So I'm having to go from watching it on mute on the side of me, but. Yeah, this was uh, it was it was great stuff. You had Finn having the demon character got to show a little bit because he got to eventually like overpower AJ uh, and all that. But this was uh, guys going back and forth. You know how good they are, right? So they know inherently what makes a great match and what they can do to sort of make this this hit that level, but it also helps that the crowd was totally into this too. You know, they were saying this is awesome before the match even started. Uh, I mean, and we're in freaking Minneapolis. We're not in, you know, one of the big smarky towns or, or whatever. So even though this, you know, city has history from Nate VA and all that, but just, I, I think it's, I, I just think it's great that WWE, you know, they could have picked anybody, right, for Finn. They could have picked somebody else on the Raw roster. They could have put Finn in the Shield match instead of Kurt Angle. They could have done a lot of things, and they just said, oh, yeah, we, uh, we're we going to give you AJ Styles the first time ever on freaking TLC. And they did that, and then they just let him go out there. And, and have a great match, and no dumb stuff, no Bray Wyatt shenanigans, like having him show up on the screen, no no anything, you know, uh, so, you know, no Baron Corbin appearing for some dumb reason, like, just, I, I'm glad that the match just happened, and exactly what Paul said, you can now be excited for, if these two ever get to have a feud, and get to work with each other on house shows and all that stuff before they have the match that you see on TV. Like, uh, imagine what that could, that could be. Mm-hmm. And th- this was like a four-star, you know, awesome, great match. Imagine what they could have if they have more time. I'm right there with you, Sean. And look, I mean, I get it. You know, maybe some people are nitpicking and there's some things that they didn't like but I'll, I'll be honest with you WWE could have very well gave you finn balor versus some random undercard guy that's not going to do anything uh, they could have done that very well and you would have been complaining even more than you're complaining about these two guys having a 
good match that you don't think is grand and great and excellent. That's okay, but just realize this was, like Paul said, a short time span. AJ did fly for 18 hours in a plane, basically after wrestling his la- his match in South America and then jumping out the plane enough time to get here, get a little bit of R&R, very little, uh, to get in the match and, and try to have a huge, you know, to do on, on a big pay-per-view. So I give those guys nothing but props. I'm really happy. This could be something they extend to Survivor Series. Who knows? You know, they could very well say, oh, you know, AJ wants his rematch. He didn't win. He wants to go at it again with Finn. That would be completely cool with me. I don't know about you guys. I would be down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, once again, you know, you got to give WWE the props for at least trying and trying to give you the best quality superstar that they could. So, uh, I'm not going to nitpick. And I, I will say this uh, the energy building to this match, as you guys had mentioned, was so electric. I love the crowd. This is awesome, all that stuff. But I also love the fact that I felt like I was watching Ring of Honor for just a split second here in the two sweet woo woos. So, mm-hmm. um, that was nice too. So, good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, we, I think, only have one last match to talk about here. And uh, what's interesting is, before we get to the actual match itself, is they do give us some segments prior to the match, and you do have Cesaro and Sheamus and The Miz backstage talking about, you know, Kurt Angle being included in the match and how pissed off that The Miz was that he was the one being added, and he, you know, thought it was ridiculous, and he, he was his normal, amazing self. I think The Miz did a great promo then you, of course, throw in Braun Strowman and Kane. So they came in and, and did their thing, kind of basically showing that they were really on the same page in that promo. Uh, and then, of course, later on, you do have the Shield and, and you know, um, and Kurt Angle coming in and them giving him the cut uh, to be a part of the Shield, a full fledged member of the Shield just for one night. So all that stuff goes down. Did you guys appreciate what they gave you, kind of building up to this big match? I mean, did you think anything of it? Do you think it was just kind of filler? I uh, I didn't mind the segments honestly. Um, I thought the the Kurt Angle one was fine. I thought the first one with the Miz and crew was kind of enjoyable because they were sort of sowing the seeds. I think for what you were going to get during the match, pretty well, uh, and especially the pre match pep talk too from Miz, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I think it was very interesting the way the whole thing worked out. I think the one thing I'm going to argue. Uh, against is that's just not sure that I was totally sold on Kurt Angle wearing the shield get up. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I to me that was a little bit too far fetched. I, I just didn't appreciate that. Didn't like it. Maybe they needed to do that so he had a little extra padding just in case he broke in half. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing point. I can think of. Uh, but Sean, I mean, I don't know about you. I just thought that was a little bit too much for me. I feel like all of that was done so that you can have the big uh, WWE Kurt Angle has his match thing later uh, where he's wearing his, you know, singlet and he has his entrance. And even though he did get his music played, you know, when he came back later, uh, I feel like they're saving that for a bigger moment. Like this was supposed to be. Okay, Kurt Angle, you're in Roman Reigns' spot. So you're going to do all the stuff that Roman Reigns would have done 
including being the guy that delivers the power bomb and taking the pin, uh, and and trying to sort of you know you're going to still do your spots here and there, uh, but you're basically here to be the third member of the shield, and I think that's that's what they tried to stick to, mm-hmm. the most part, and I, I give him credit for that. He he tried his best for for not really he's he hadn't even been there when that was going on, mm-hmm. so you know for. Not having any experience with that, I mean, you know, hey, I, I do want to say that uh, WWE has the too sweet between Finn and AJ as their cover photo right now. So, <laughs> on, uh, so just rubbing it in the young bucks. In yeah, the really? face. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I guess who? But you know, at least Adam Page will never know this. That's so true. That's the good thing. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he's not watching any WWE television anymore. He's upset, guys. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> just real Gee. quick, too, Gary. The internet agrees with you as well. There's already a meme floating around of all three of them at the top of the uh, the aisleway that they walk down, and Kurt has this big smile on his face, and Dean and Seth look kind of just, you know, very straight faced, like they're they're prepared. And the uh, the caption is, "When your dad is more excited for trick or treating than you are." Oh God, that's amazing! Oh God, (laughs) that is perfect. The best meme I think in a long time, right there. I got to get that one. Uh, Oh my God, Uh, he he looked. He did look. I'm sorry, but yes, with those guys, he did look a little old. I kind of felt like, especially in that getup. Like when he wears the color, Sean, he he has that youth about him. But when he's wearing all that black and all that, I kind of thought, oh my god, he's showing his age. Like totally. Well, but I mean, I would be excited too. This is the first time you're getting to wrestle in like 11 years in WWE, and yeah, I'd be if I could be skipping. You know, I would do like I don't blame him at all for for smiling. It does look weird, right? It's I the meme is hilarious, but uh, yeah, it's this match that was very uh, up and down. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, like, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's break it down real quick. Let's just let the people know, kind of just kind of fill in the blanks really quickly. You know, the shield kind of start this thing out very dominant. You know, using the chairs to make things even, and they do pretty well by themselves doing that even getting ready for the table spots are pretty early uh and then you know from there you finally have things kind of go back in the favor of the miz they kind of get some power in this and you, you do have later in the match kurt angle being taken out because Braun Strowman just just takes him and th- chunks him to that table you know with you know his finisher and then you you move on from there and you have you know the guys you know trying to get things back to to where they need to be and just kind of chaos some of the big spots you have here is you know seth rollins dean ambrose taking out both braum Strowman and kane to the tables off the ladders that kind of put them out of commission for a while you you have of course cesaro and sheamus kind of working over you know uh Basically, when uh, we have Kurt Angle come back, working him over, they even use a freaking dump truck in this whole thing. Miz trying to create, you know, the chaos even more. Uh, doesn't work out the way they want it to. I mean, in the end here, what you end up having is you have Kane turning on Braun Strowman, uh, chunking him through the uh, stage, uh, even pulling a, a nice set of chairs from the ceiling down on Braun Strowman. That doesn't keep Braun Strowman away, though. He does get up, but they do basically have the Miz and all their guys take down 
Braun Strowman, throw him in the dumpster, dump truck, and he sent off, uh, very much leaving chaos and everything to ensue. Uh, fast forwarding, we do have the Shield though coming through and taking on the Miz and beating the Miz, y'all using their finishers. Uh, and Kurt Angle stands tall with these guys. So there's a lot here, a lot more than I can try to sit here and say. I missed a lot. You guys can fill in the blanks, but you're right, Sean. A lot went down here. I- I'm really kind of curious how you felt about it overall. Paul, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Um, still looking for that meme. The, the, this was way too long. Uh, in my opinion, and and it doesn't help. I think that they gave you the good stuff up front. Uh, you have, I think, a lot of the the really cool and chaotic fun spots, uh, basically happening pretty quick and rapid fire at the beginning. Uh, Kurt Angle gets taken out, and you're sort of just left to to watch Seth and Dean get their ass handed to him for about ten minutes, and uh, it just it's not really all that particularly exciting. And then you have the the Kane and Braun turning on each other, which was sort of out of left field a little bit. I, I understood the explanation, but it just like it sort of quickly happens, and then suddenly Kane is killing Braun, and then Kane feels like this huge deal for the rest of the match, uh, so much so that it takes Seth and Dean spearing him through the barricades again uh, to keep him down, and then here comes Kurt to be the hero, which which is great, right? I think you could tell. As he was walking back down, uh, how much this really meant to him because he got to come in and basically be the hero. And uh, whenever he pins Miz, too, uh, he gets up and he just has this giant shit eating grin on his face. It's just, I thought that was really great. Just how Kurt sort of got to react to everything. And there's a lot of fun spots in this. I just, I don't think this needed to be 35 minutes, guys. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, that beat down felt like it took forever. Oh, and if you want to find that meme, I think. Uh, somebody posted it in our chat, so I, you could probably find it there. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's the thing too, right? Is they gave you like a great like ten fifteen minutes, and then oh boy, here we go. We got to have the shield get beat down. Poor Dean Ambrose, like twice the table did not break for him, and I have to worry about I worry about his back. Uh a lot uh it's, it's like that cannot feel good at all to like just hit that and it's just stays there mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh so i i think uh for the most part yeah like the big the ladder jumping off the ladders into the announce table the kurt angle coming in and doing the the, the germans and all that and then uh, but like after that, then you, they just took forever. Then you had the I like the this thing with the, the garbage truck was nice because it was playing into what Miz said before uh, earlier in the night. But then they took too long with that too, and it's this thing with Kane and Braun was just kind of like oh my god, this took a while to like okay this kind of I know I know that like Kane hit him earlier, but this was like wow we waited this long to now have Braun attack Kane and then oh here comes the choke slam off the thing and just yeah you, you just had parts where it was just really slow and they were obviously trying to drag it out because they knew they had to kill time mm-hmm. and then oh then they 
they did a good job of once Kurt Angle came back in of kind of ramping it back up again. And it had a really good pace to the finish. Just in between there was was kind of slow. I thought it was still pretty good, though, for being chaotic and, and having the fun stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I was going to say, I, I don't think the length or anything really took away the enjoyment I got out of a lot of this match. It's just there there are some times where you kind of have to suffer through parts that just kind of make mm-hmm. you your your attention wonder. And uh, that, I don't think that's really what you want from what's closing out the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. No, I, I, I'm not denying that either because I, I did myself kind of start to think about other things, you know, uh, getting ready for the show, uh, you know, trying to check out the score, you know, the Patriots game and all that stuff. I mean, I, I was just, you know, sitting there thinking about, you know, many things as I'm trying to like focus on the match, but, you know, they kind of, the beatdown is lasting a little too long. So now my mind's starting to wonder and you guys are right about that. So it, it's kind of the price you pay uh, for, a big main event like this and the fact that they wanted to stretch it out this long and hey I mean I still think you got a solid TLC match maybe not the best one I've ever seen but still I think a very solid match here and I think something that people can look back on some of these spots on and, and, and say okay I really appreciate that you know I think that these guys did this this and this and it's good and you have Kurt Angle coming back which is I think one of the biggest selling points of this right especially with a lack of Roman Reigns on this really because I mean he I feel like he was still going to be the center of the attention I really felt that way Kane kind of took a lot of attention in this and, you know, even Braum to an extent. But I really felt the loss of Roman Reigns here because of what they were going to do kind of changed plans. And you think you could kind of tell it to an extent because uh, you notice how much homage they paid to Roman Reigns in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't just one guy doing it. It was two, three. They were really making that known that, hey, you know, the big dog's not here. Let's pretend. That if if I wouldn't have known any better, I'll be honest with you. This sounds morbid, but if, if I had not known that, you know, Reigns was sick, just, you know, because he's just going to be there because of uh, a lot of other things, medical issues, I would have thought the guy died. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, I mean, they were paying so much homage to him. And I was like, oh, my I, I God. I think they just wanted to make sure that you knew that Roman Reigns was there in spirit or whatever. Like, just, That's my point. That you didn't forget <laughs> about Roman Reigns. Not not that he died. Like, it was <laughs> like I, I don't know. I just, I would have, it, it just kind of felt like, hey, don't forget now, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what I said, like what I said, Kurt Angle is basically just supposed to be Roman Reigns, but mm-hmm. Kurt Angle. And we'll let you do your angle slams and your angle lock and all that, but hey, you got to do all of Roman's poses and stuff and look weird while you do it, too. <laughs> that was so weird if they had needs doing the big old Roman pose, and I'm just like, wow, that's, why? <laughs> you know? Just, uh, oh, boy. It goes back to that Halloween meme. <laughs> hey kids i'm roman reigns (laughs) uh watch me do the oh i can't do the superman punch because i can't jump that high um but anyway i i I just know that now that we we missed an entire main event of 16 superman punches i can't wait till that raw match when he comes back where we get 32 so well now i need to know did braun Strowman survive the garbage truck uh, according to the crowd, it was murder, so I'm going to go with no. 
this murder. Man. How do they explain this? <laughs> Uh, I want to know the intricacies. Like, I really do. I mean, my God, he, he can survive getting slammed into it by another, like, a vehicle. There is an ambulance, you know, getting crushed. Mm-hmm. And then he gets like crushed a magic by this. Trick, Gary. Just let it, let it be. I guess so. I mean, Vince McMahon can survive an explosion in a limo. So what am I thinking here? I mean, he's, of course, is he alive, right? Um, I just want to know, are they going to have the garbage truck show up on Raw and then he's going to like get out of it? Just or pop out of the back like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I have. I want them to make an illusion where it's like a square square piece of trash and he pops out of the trash. Like, a, <laughs> you know, he survived. Don't worry. Even getting squished into a cube, he's alive. You know? So... Anyway, I think it's going to be fun, uh, whatever they do. But I, I think, you know, it's great that they do have some of those gimmicks and things like that. Because, once again, it makes it fun. It's memorable. People are going to be able to run the water cooler. Did you watch TLC? Yeah, did you see this, that, and that? I think they gave you lots of those moments you can talk about, right? So that's the good thing. At least we're not talking about something that was a failure. So, uh, But, yeah, uh, there's one last thing we got to do on this show. And that is, of course, rate it. So here we go. What did you get this thing, Paul? Uh, this for a show I had absolutely zero expectations for. This was still pretty fun, other than really the cruiserweight title match and maybe the way you presented Oscar. There, I don't. There's not a ton else I think I'd really change. Uh, I think a six. I think feels about right here. It wasn't out of this world amazing, but. I was certainly thinking this was going to be somewhere closer to the uh, Bret Hart special range, and this uh, this was a nice surprise that I wasn't. Fair enough. Sean, what, what did you think overall? I'll give it a six and a half just for the um, for the, for them actually going in and and having the the Finn and. Uh, AJ match and having it go the whole time with no shenanigans and it being the great match it was. And then, you know, you had a pretty good main event. Yeah, it had its low times, but it was still really fun to watch. And uh, all the chaos made for what you wanted it to be. Asuka got the debut, whether we particularly cared much or a lot about how she was presented. And uh, she got the win, which is important because there's, you know, People thinking, oh, God, would they make her lose? <laughs> you know, so uh, there's there's that, too. They, they could have been told douches about that. So, yeah, there were things that, that del- for the most part, other than the Enzo and Kalista, everything else delivered and was either from fine to great. So, I mean, that's better than what we thought this area was going to be, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think you guys are pretty on point here. I think if I was going to give it a 7 or 8 or something like that, it had to have a lot more just really solid matches. I think there was entertaining matches. Uh, I think they weren't so much as grand or excellent. So I think a 6 is right where I sit. I feel like that they gave us at least a, a great main event, and that Finn and AJ match did not disappoint me Um but basically, I, I think still uh, we got momentum going, but yet it was not over the top. I think six is fair. So, uh, but there you go, people. Uh, we uh, definitely appreciate you joining us tonight. We've had a lot of fun uh, 
TLC was an interesting show for sure, and we'll be talking about all the fallout from this year's TLC when we do our Monday Night Review, uh, Monday Night Raw Review, excuse me. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that tomorrow, and we'll also be giving you some SmackDown Live, NXT, and of course, don't forget 205 Live. We'll be getting onto all those shows and review shows this next week, and we'll also be doing our regular episodes of Wrestling of the Max. They'll be available Tuesday morning and Friday morning for your pleasure. Really excited about these shows coming up. We've got lots of good stuff. And I'm sure, trust me, lots of news will be coming out, I'm sure, after this big TLC about real-life things, injuries, sicknesses, and, of course, other big things going on in the world of wrestling you're not going to want to miss. And also, once again, I did mention them earlier. I'm going to mention them again. If you haven't heard yet, maybe you've already listened to them or you haven't, Wrestling Unwrapped did their own TLC 2017 review. Go check it out if you haven't already listened to it. Those guys, Harry Broadhurst and Patrick Hetzer, are really great. They're a lot of fun. So go check out their show. And the best way to go find this show and theirs is, of course, by going to the W2Mnet.com. That's right. You can go find all your great wrestling content there and a lot more. And, hey, if you want to go subscribe and get all those shows I told you about earlier, make sure you go subscribe at Wrestling to the Max. You'll get all of our stuff. And, of course, if you want all the stuff like us and WU, make sure you go to the uh wrestling uh to the max's network which is of course the w2m network go subscribe there rate and review there too so some great places you can find us uh make sure we get some big love over to full one mania.com and last word on pro wrestling.com really appreciate everything they do for us and there you go a lot of great things coming this week don't miss us we're gonna have a lot of fun until then if you're not living life to the max not living life at all you know it The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.